Welcome to The World in 10, your daily roundup of the biggest stories from across the world, written by our correspondents and contributors at the Times of London. I'm Jenny Barsby. And I'm Nick Ellaby. On today's podcast, Ukraine's president is worried about who might win next year's US presidential election. Also, King Charles III lands in Germany, but has he been snubbed by the Chancellor? And why is Amsterdam telling young British men they're not welcome? Today, we start in Ukraine, where President Zelensky's worried about the outcome of next year's US elections. He says if the American government stops helping Ukraine fight the Russian invasion, his country will not win the war. Now, Mr Zelensky didn't mention Donald Trump or any Republican candidate by name, but both Trump and Ron DeSantis have questioned the amount of aid the US is sending to Ukraine. Meanwhile, the story that caught my eye this morning in The Times was about a Russian man who's on the run after being sentenced to two years in a prison camp. The charge is discrediting the Russian army. His 13-year-old daughter has been sent to a state-run children's home. So the charge came about after Alexei Moskalyov's daughter, Masha, drew a picture in school of Russian missiles falling on a Ukrainian mother and child alongside the slogans, Glory to Ukraine... And no war. Masha's still in the children's home and the prison service are now looking for her dad. Even his lawyer was taken by surprise by the fact that he'd, he'd fled. And when the court spokeswoman announced that the prison service didn't know where he was and he'd effectively escaped to arrest, her announcement was greeted by applause. Mm-hmm. Hello, my name is Mark Bennett. I'm a foreign correspondent for The Times. The lawyer was allowed to visit Masha, his daughter, at the children's home, home ahead of the court hearing where he took a photo of a letter that she'd written and read, Dad, you are my hero and basically said she was proud of her father. She knew that they would be together sometime in the future, and they would sit around and remember this this terrible incident. But she said that the only people who win are those who love, believe, and hope, which was quite a touching letter to receive. If, he, if he's got it, since he's on the run, and no one knows where he is. days after their state visit to France was cancelled, King Charles III and the Queen Consort have landed in Germany for their first overseas engagement since he became monarch. Yet it appears there may already be a bit of controversy brewing. The royal couple have a packed few days ahead, starting with a military reception at the Brandenburg Gate, followed by a meeting with President Steinmeier, who will also be hosting a state banquet. But it's now understood, Nick, that the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz will not be there, which begs the question, will it still be a state dinner without the head of state? An even bigger question, though, is why. The Times Berlin correspondent Oliver Moody says it's all down to politics and shouldn't be seen as a snub. From what I've been told, um, the German Chancellery hasn't yet given um, an official reason, but there it's possible to speculate in an informed way that it's not meant as a snub at all. It's really about the very tangled domestic politics of Schultz's three-party coalition, which is in a real spot of bother at the moment. And so the idea is to give each of the three parties its own moment in the limelight during this royal visit. So he's not completely snubbing him. Um, It's just a question of kind of divvying up the honours. Tweeting before arriving in Germany, King Charles said it was a great joy to be able to continue the deepening of the long-standing friendship between our two nations. 
And it appears German authorities have gone the extra mile to make this visit as perfect as possible. They're absolutely meticulous about ensuring that nothing goes wrong to the point where, yes, they, they say they're conducting regular checks on the fountain pen that the king will use to sign the guest book at the, the presidential residence, um, having noted his, his well-known outburst a few days after he was proclaimed king when a fountain pen wouldn't work and he was, he was complaining about how the, the bloody thing had given up on him. Nick, I wonder what the job title is for someone testing royal pens. Um, how about His Majesty's Scribbler? Or maybe his royal nibs? (laughs) I guess we'll probably never know. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Now, Nick, I'm sure you recognise the dulcet tones of Captain James T. Kirk, otherwise known as William Shatner, of course, zooming around the solar system. But I'm not sure even he would be able to cope with what physicists at Durham University in northern England have found. Aliens? No, don't be silly. It's a new black hole and this thing is massive. How massive? Ultra massive. 30 billion times bigger than the sun. Researchers believe it's close to the upper limit of how massive black holes can become. They also say the way it was discovered could open the door to finding many more. Dr James Nightingale, who led the team in Durham, explains the process. This particular study uses a technique uh, called gravitational lensing. It's actually the first study to find a black hole via this technique. Uh, Basically, as light travels the distant universe... If it encounters any mass on its way, that mass, its gravitational field, pulls the light towards that object. So we got this extremely lucky observation where we found light from a distant galaxy traveling only 40 billion light years next to a black hole, which sounds like a lot, but is actually so close to the black hole that the black hole's intense gravitational field meant that the light traveling by it appeared to be pulled towards it. into cricket, Jen? Let me see, Nick. I don't think I could cope anymore with a five-day test match, but I love the short form of the game, maybe the T20 blast. I thought you might say that. Test cricket is the best. It ebbs and flows like a good novel, but I suppose like a bad novel, it can be a bit boring sometimes. There's a good piece up on the Times Sport pages from former England captain and now chief cricket correspondent Mike Atherton about this new T20 league happening in the USA this summer and also how English cricket is looking on quite nervously. The Indian Premier League is now making all the TV money, getting all the best players and expanding into other countries. Now they're moving into the US, which I found out reading Mike's piece is the third most lucrative TV market for England and Australia. Now, out of the six teams competing in the Major League Cricket T20, four have stakes bought by IPL teams. So why the nervousness then from English cricket? It's because this US competition is happening in July 
slap bang in the middle of the English cricket season. Some top players, like Australia's Marcus Stoinis and South Africa's Quentin de Kock, have already signed up to play in the States and for good money. So they might not need to come and play here at all. It's all about the cash. To read more about why this US cricket money could be a game changer, why not take out a Times subscription? I've come down to floor 11 and speaking to Sam Masters on the foreign desk. Sam, what have we got coming up tomorrow? Well, um, I thought I'd give you a break from sort of the misery and the grimness out there with a few couple of light relief stories. One's Will Pavia uh, writing about the growing movement for kind of exclusive gyms where you have to apply interviews. It's like a kind of club that's very difficult to get into. Uh, they call it sort of new wellness destination, which is all quite good fun. And we've also got the Italians seeking to protect um, their food as a, an icon of being Italian. The latest uh, is that they're trying to ban lab-grown meat, um, threatening €60,000 fines for anyone who does it. Before we go, Nick, a uh, question for you. Have you ever had a lads' weekend in Amsterdam? Ooh, uh, sort of a 24 hours with my mate Will before we went to a heavy rock festival in the south of uh, of Holland. Well, it appears you and your ilk, British men aged between 80 and stretching at a tad 36, are no longer welcome and the authorities are using a series of ads to get the message across. So have a look at this. So this video shows Dutch police arresting what looks like a young British man and there are slogans saying, are you coming here for a messy night? Well, you're going to get €140 Euro fine, a criminal record and fewer prospects. You can see a guy there having his mugshot taken and getting locked up in the slammer. And the message from the Amsterdam Tourist Board is stay away. Yeah, they're not pulling any punches, are they? The ads are targeted, so if any British blokes search for terms online such as stag party Amsterdam, cheap hotel Amsterdam, pub crawl Amsterdam, they'll be automatically shown the video warnings. The aim is to bring peace and quiet to Amsterdam's idyllic 17th and 18th century streets. I guess we'll just have to wait and see if it works. And that's it for today's World in 10. We're back tomorrow. <laughs> 